morning. How are we doing, Southlands? What's up? Good to be with you guys this morning. My name is JD, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I am excited to preach to you this morning. Oh, man, it's pouring yesterday, and uh, the pastors were here. We were praying together, and I was so thankful that the tent was here just in time. But I love it that the sun is out today. It was a little chilly this morning, but we're all right. And the sun's shining, and it is so good to see your faces. I love it. These mornings, uh, Sunday mornings, have been so important during this time. Uh, just to run to the church and just get a glimpse uh, of light, a glimpse of what is actually true and what is good, and to just refocus my heart has been so good in this season. I don't know if some of you uh, who have maybe had COVID have had COVID head. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I got COVID back in uh, November, and it was a pretty mild case, but the symptom that I did have was I was tired, and it was just cloudy. And as I've talked to other people, one of my buddies says, He's like, my head is just fuzzy. It's fuzzy all the time, and I can't shake it. And I think in some ways, we've all had a bit of COVID head this year, haven't we? I mean, it is just like this cloud of whatever this new reality is and this pandemic. In fact, I'm getting sick of having to talk about it. You know, to start off a sermon with an illustration and talk about COVID, I'm like, are you kidding me? But it's just the thing that just, is all consuming and, and just hangs over us. And we just want to move on. And yet the pandemic's still here and reality's just weird. And so my hope this morning is, is to just help us to wake up, uh, to actually come out of the fog a bit. My wife and I are doing Whole30 right now. It's terrible. <laughs> I haven't had sugar in forever. And But the thing is, I just got to shake off the Christmas cookies, right? I got to physically shake off the fog and start exercising and recommit and do the deal and be healthy. And our souls need to shake some stuff off this morning, I think. Our, our souls need to clear the fog, and Jesus has a message for us this morning. If preaching, uh, if some preachers are, you know, eloquent savants, un unpacking the deeper things of God, I was informed that I'm not that. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a little offensive as well. They said, Jay, you're more like a football coach firing up a team. I'm like, all right, I can, I'll, I can take that. So I'm going full coach this morning. Uh, I'm going to give you my best, let's win one for the Gipper speech. And so we're fired up and we're ready to go because Southlands, I want us to wake up. I want us to shake off the fog and realize that Jesus is on the throne and he actually has important work for us to do as a church. And so it's time for us to get about the work of Jesus, to join him in his mission, to take the joy that it is to be partakers with them. And so I want to call us forward. We're going to go. I don't care if the pandemic continues. I'm over it. I'm not waiting for it to get over. We're just going to move forward as a church and trust that God is going to bring fruit. All right? This week, we had a culminating event here. Uh, this last year, we've been doing a church planter training. We've had seven church planters coming once a month just for input and relationship and development. 
And we finished off the year this week with a three-day intensive. And it is amazing, guys. I want you to know, because you're partakers of this. This week, we gave out $85,000 to churches that are gonna be plant, planted all over our area. Those church planters represent five cities, uh, Yorba Linda, Santa Ana, Southgate, Wilmington, Culver City, places where we're helping to plant churches this year. Right now, in the midst of a pandemic, we're pushing forward. So excited, Southland Santa Ana, uh, a church that we're personally planting and sending, they're meeting right now, baptizing people this morning. <laughs> baptizing people. See, the, the mission of God moves forward and we're just getting started. I wanna remind us of who we are as a church. We're a gospel-centered, spirit-empowered community on mission. And God has given us a unique calling and a special mantle of multiplying points of light throughout the Southlands. We wanna see small groups go into every neighborhood. We wanna see congregations and churches planted into communities. We wanna see a constellation of light across the Southlands. Because when the darkness exists and when it's growing, the light actually shines brighter. And so if you feel like, man, it just feels like dark times, the light is growing. The light is growing and it's gonna shine in the darkness. And this isn't just for us as a church. This is for you. It's for you guys. It's for you as individuals. Do you believe that Jesus wants to do a work in you in 2021? Amen. That he's not finished with you yet. Amen. That he actually wants to grow you. He wants to continue to form you into his image to produce change in you. He has a plans and a purpose for you. And so would you press into Jesus? Would you stand in faith? You guys with me? Amen. All right, open up your Bibles, Luke chapter eight. Let's go. I'm gonna read the first few verses before what Shannon read. So Luke eight, picking up at verse one. Soon afterward, he went on through cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna and many others who provided for them out of their means. Do I have any uh, Mandalorian fans here in the room? Yeah? If you don't know what Mandalorian is, you might be uh, living under a rock, all right? You probably at the very least have seen a meme of Baby Yoda it kind of broke the internet this year. So cute. I, I love, it's a, it's a spinoff story from Star Wars. And Mando is of this certain like people and, and tribe and he has this mission of getting baby Yoda back to his people and back to the Jedi so that he can be trained. And here's the thing I love about Mando is he's got this code that he lives by. Uh, he won't take off his armor. He's always ready for battle. He's sacrificial and he will not relent and will not give on, up on the mission no matter what. Because this is the way. the way. All right, you know it. And so this is the way. And so we're gonna have a little call and response throughout the message. Anytime I say, this is? The way. That's what I'm talking about. You yell out, the way. 
I love that he sticks to this code, and that's what God calls us to. My first point this morning is that those who hear join Jesus. And I'm not talking about hearing like a teenager. You know what I'm talking about? Son, it's time for dinner. Yeah. Woo! Wins the dance. I can't. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Skins. Yeah, that's why they only let me preach. All right. Can't sing, can't lead worship. It's not like that, because it's like, son, where are you? I, it's dinner time. You didn't come. You didn't do. You didn't respond. See, any time in the Word of God where it talks about hearing, it's not talk, talking about, did you hear the words coming out of my mouth? It's saying, did those words get deep into your heart? Did they produce an obedience and a doing in you? See, those who hear the Word of Jesus join Jesus. We see in this passage that Jesus has just got done healing the sinful woman that we talked about last week in chapter seven. The woman of the city, she comes full of her shame, her hair down, weeping, anointing Jesus' feet. And he says, go in peace. Your sins are forgiven. He removes her shame. And now Jesus is going from village to village, city to city, continuing to proclaim his good news his message of salvation, and his message of grace. And he's not alone, though. Those who have heard the message are joining him. The disciples are with him. And not just men, women. Jesus continues this scandalous way that he dignifies women. He treats them differently than the cultural mandate of the time. He liberates them, he commissions them, he calls them into mission. And they're, they're with him. In fact, they're the ones that are actually, they're funding the mission. They're making the mission go. And I love that last week, as we commissioned our team to go to Southland Santa Ana, we had a, just a squadron of single ladies up here. I loved it. all the single ladies. Dun, dun. Yeah, they don't let me do that, remember? And commissioned them, and these girls are giving themselves to planting of churches to Jesus' mission. Because those who hear, receive the word of God, they join Jesus, they join him in his work. I was here yesterday morning, and after prayer, there's people starting to line up, and we have food distribution here once a month. We open up and we give families who need it food, and I loved it because I saw Lisa was here. She's here every single week before service to pray for us, to pray with us. I saw Annie Bach, who just got welcomed as a member up here. She's in social work and spends her, her whole life is about serving and helping our community. But then on our days off, she, she comes here on Sunday mornings and she hands out donuts. That's how you know who Annie is. She gets the one who gives you a donut. She comes here on Saturday to help people receive food and with her husband, Dan, and they pray over people. It's incredible. I love the women of passion and power in our church. Danielle Larson. So if you know Danielle, she's gonna try and get you saved. Everyone in her neighborhood needs to know Jesus and the people at the grocery store and in the checkout line. And she's like this, this sweet, you might think timid, but no, courageous and bold. She's gonna tell you about Jesus. 
I love that. I love that God calls and he commissions. And what's interesting about this group of women that we see in this text is you got Mary who had seven demons cast out of her by Jesus. Then you have Suzanne, this other lady who uh, her husband is working for Herod, the king. I mean, this is like Jesus has in his posse the schizophrenic homeless lady and the chief, uh, the wife of the chief of the staff for Biden. That's who's doing ministry with Jesus. It's like this spectrum. And so my question is, do you think maybe there's room for you? I, I think if you're a crack addict this week, come back next week, we'll let you preach. Like respond to Jesus. That's maybe a little bit too far, but you can come back and we'll get you involved and we'd love to teach you how to preach. There's a place for you in the kingdom of God. There's a place for you in Jesus' ministry team. He calls and he invites, and we have the joy of responding. If you're brand new here, we would love for you to just get connected. There is a place for you. We will raise you up and we will commission you into ministry. It's my great joy to welcome new people. I met this young couple, Jason and Kristen, two weeks ago at community prayer. They haven't even stuck six yet. They're brand new. They're already at prayer. They then come back this last Wednesday and come to my group for uh, my engaged group to go through Rens of the Heavens because they want to pray for revival. What I love about this couple is they got a one-year-old. They're not waiting. They're coming. And this dude is all boy. Let me tell you, Ethan, I love that kid. Jesus is moving from town to town proclaiming the good news. He's inviting people to join him. And he has this simple story that Shannon gave us. So simple, the kids have no problem understanding it. There's a sower, that's Jesus. There's a soil, that's the heart of man. And there's the seed, the good news that needs to get planted into men. And this story is showing us four types of heart that Jesus wants us to consider to say, are we those people who will receive the good news? Are we the kind of people that can enter into the kingdom of God? There's four types of heart. You have the path, which is a hard heart. You have the rocks, which are a shallow heart. The roots can't grow deep. You have the thorny soil that choke out. It's a divided heart. It's a heart that is of two minds, wants to love Jesus, but also the pleasures and the cares of the world. And finally, you have a good soil and a good heart. Verse 15 says, as for that and the good soil, they are those who hearing the word hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. My second point this morning is that revival starts in good hearts. Silence, I love that we're pressing in and we're praying and we're asking Jesus for revival. But listen, it's, it's not a given. Just because we throw up a tent and we say we want revival doesn't mean that Jesus is gonna give revival. That's not how it works. Revival is a sovereign, gracious, move of the Spirit of God, and it's not something that we can control or conjure up. But it is something that we can prepare for. We can 
Like good soil, we can till it, we can soften it, we can soften our hearts and ask God that in his goodness, would he come and would he move? That's the thing that we can control. If you're here this morning and you'd say, I actually think I'm the hard heart. I'm hard, I'm not really that interested. I don't know how you ended up here, but we're glad you're here. And I would say, well, please, would you not miss this moment? Because if you do, here's what'll happen. You'll walk out of here and the enemy will steal away this opportunity, this message that was preached. You can't take it for granted. Jesus is calling to you right now and he is offering you salvation. There's no way for me to preach this well enough or to unpack this eloquently enough. I'm not that guy. It's just a simple message. Jesus loves you. He died for you. And he wants to offer you salvation and a place in his family. Would you respond to it? Don't harden your heart this morning to Jesus Christ. He's the seed. He came from heaven and fell to the ground and was planted in a tomb so that you could sprout and so that you could experience new life. Receive his message today. My guess is that most of you here wouldn't identify yourself as hard. And so I wanna look at, at these other types of soil, the rocky and the thorny, because I think maybe we fit into those categories. The elders have been praying about these false gospels that we see coming in and attacking our church right now. And I don't mean the, the church out there, the world out there, I'm talking about Southlands. There's some false gospels that we are in danger of believing. The first one is what I would call Christian nominalism. Al actually wrote a blog about this this week and I would encourage you to check it out on the website. And Christian nominalism is just this belief that I can be kind of halfway in. I, I, I can receive the good news of Jesus. I'm excited, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm not gonna, take, I'm not gonna get too serious. I, I, I'm not gonna go all in. And I just wanna say, church, that's not a thing. It's not a thing. You know what happens if that's what you do? As soon as testing comes, as soon as trial comes, you're gonna leave. You're gonna leave the God that you claim to love now. There's no such thing as a lukewarm Christian. Jesus is offering you and calling you into deeper relationship with him because he loves you and he wants you to experience the joy of walking with him in a deep relationship. Here's a question for you to consider that'll help you identify if maybe you're in a place of just being nominal. Are you in it just because of how much Jesus loved you? Of what you, did you just respond to his salvation, to his death on the cross? And that's why you're a Christian? You know, what, what is Jesus giving me today? What's he done for me lately? Don't get me wrong, hear me right. That's not a bad thing. That's how we all respond. John says, you love because he first loved you. See, we're inherently selfish. 
And God, even in his goodness, knew that. And so when he calls us and he saves us, he offers us grace and we respond to that grace. But here's the thing, you don't stay there. At some point, you gotta grow and you gotta move on and get to the place where you say, I don't follow Jesus because of what he does or what he gives me. I follow Jesus because of who he is. The almighty creator of heaven and earth. He's the king. I don't follow Jesus because of what he does for me, but because he's king. And so I bow the knee whether he does anything for me ever again. The amazing thing is that he's a good king. And he continues to pour out his love upon his people. But we go all in because this is the way. way. It's the way. The other false gospel that I see attacking our church has to do with the, the divided soil. And it's what, I, what we would call progressive liberalism. It, it is the move of culture and politics in our country right now. And listen to me, it is dangerous. Please don't think that it's okay. It is coming against everything that is true and good and right is the breakdown of our sexual identity, of our families. It's attacking how we think of the unborn child. And it is a problem in church. You cannot have it both ways. Trust me, I'm preaching to myself on this one. This is a false gospel that I know I've been in danger of believing at points in my life. This idea that I can be woke. Listen, you can't be woke enough. You can, young people, please hear me. You cannot be woke enough because it won't stop. It'll keep coming. As soon as you give a little bit and like, okay, I'm not gonna take that quite so seriously. I, I'm gonna move a little bit on sexuality. It'll ask you to go farther until you completely left what is true and is good and is right. And so hold fast, church. Hold fast, believe what is true. And the next, this next one might even hit a little more closely to home, and so I'm gonna use a little help from my friend PJ Smythe, who leads the movement of churches that we're a part of. This is Christian nationalism. And this has been a thing in our church this year, if I can say that. This has been a challenge. Listen to this. It is an ideology that merges Christian and American identities. It implies that to be a good Christian, one must be a good American and vice versa, and usually support a certain political party. It exalts earthly citizenship over heavenly citizenship, making allegiance to Jesus virtually synonymous with allegiance to a nation or a political party. As it blurs the lines between the kingdom of God and kingdoms of men, it bestows a kind of messianic identity on America or an American political party. Church, we, we gotta stop giving ourselves over to this. We gotta stop it. We have to be so careful that even in, as we try to stand against progressive liberalism maybe, that you stand for something else, but it's not actually with Jesus. Remember the the time that Jesus came to, the people missed him. You know why they missed him? 
because they were looking for a savior who was gonna come and overthrow Rome, who was gonna liberate the Jewish people from Rome. And they missed him because when Jesus came, did he overthrow Rome? Nope. No, he was crucified. And he rose again and he ascended to heaven and Rome was still in power. You know why? I don't think he cared that much. It didn't have anything to do with the kingdom that he was bringing. You know what happened next? The per persecution of the church was intense. Rome persecuted the church. And then you know what happened? The gospel exploded. It exploded. It couldn't stop it. It went forward. It spread throughout the world because that's what Jesus was doing. He was calling people to himself. He didn't care. Listen, Jesus doesn't care who's in the White House. He's not primarily concerned with that. He's still on the throne. He's still gonna do a good thing. So please, stop it already. Stop it. We bow the knee to Jesus. Don't hear me wrong. Yeah, I think dark days are ahead. I think it's gonna get hard, but the people of God hold fast because this is the way. As the darkness grows, we burn brighter. Use a little help from my friend Samwise Gamgee. Lord of the Rings. It's like in the great stories, Mr. Frodo, the ones that really mattered. Full of darkness and danger they were, and sometimes you didn't want to know the end because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad had happened? But in the end, it's only a passion thing. This shadow, even darkness must pass. A new day will come, and when the sun shines, it will shine out more clear. Those were the stories that stayed with you, that meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr. Frodo, I do understand. I know now, folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't. They kept going because they were holding on to something that there's some good in this world, Mr. Frodo, and it is worth fighting for. Southland, there's some good in this world because the gospel is going forward. It's worth towing the line. It's worth fighting forward. It's worth giving our hearts to it fully. Cultivate our hearts to be good to good soil so that we can persevere and we can endure patiently. And listen, we'll see fruit. I promise you we're gonna see fruit. I don't know if we'll see revival in 2021, but Southlands Church will see fruit because you're a people that hold fast. You're a people that love Jesus. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of how you've journeyed this year. And so stand fast, church. Stay in the love of Jesus. Keep yourself in the love of Jesus because this is the way. Look at verse 16. 
No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. That's what you're gonna do. You're gonna put it on a stand. You're gonna let this light shine brighter and brighter. This church's reach will continue to go forward. It will continue to partner with the gospel churches around. We will continue to proclaim and we will continue to see the light shine. And in that, we will push the darkness back. So take care though. Take care, Southlands, how you hear. For the one who has, more will be given. It's verse 18. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Be careful how you hear. Be careful how you hear. Receive this good news. Let it get planted deeply in good soil of your heart. And lastly, church, I wanna call us to partner up to proclaim Jesus. Partner up to proclaim Jesus, Southlands, because this is the way. Look at verse 21. This is how Jesus ends this section. He says, but he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. This is? This is what it means to be a part of the people of God. Jesus actually adopts us and welcomes us into his family. And so we partner with him in proclaiming his message around. And church, it's time to shake off the fog. It's time to get back to work. Listen, when the pandemic started, we went underground for a little bit and then we started gathering. I told the staff, listen, it's gonna be simple. It's gonna be stripped down. And so listen, I want us to do the work because I don't want any barriers and people being able to come back to church. And I'm so thankful for my team that stepped up and worked hard. And slowly, some of you guys have started to join in. The ops team has been going. Katrine's crew has been going. Thank you so much for those of you who have served. But listen, it's been nine months and we haven't had serve teams going full scale. And it's time for that to end for a lot of reasons. Primarily because I know you guys are amped up and ready to go. You wanna serve because you wanna be partakers in the mission of God for your joy and for his glory. And I'm so thankful for that. So we wanna call you back to serve. Grab the card that you received on the way in. Please pull this out. And I'm asking you whether you've been here two weeks or you've been here your whole life, would you fill this out and would you pick a team that you wanna go ahead and jump onto and serve? And would you start to partner with us so that we can continue to do Sunday mornings, so we continue to proclaim the gospel brightly into our city around. This is important. Gathering with God's people to worship is important. Preaching the word is important. And so partner with us. And one specific team that I'm gonna ask all of you to consider joining is children's ministry because we haven't had children's ministry for almost a year, oh my goodness. But we are opening back up on February 7th and I need volunteers. College students, I need you. Please help us, young people. Parents, I need you. Listen, the days of dropping your kids off and just forgetting that they exist for a couple hours, those are over, that's not this season. And so parents, I'm asking you, would you serve at least once a month 
in children's ministry. Dads, we need you. We need dads to serve. Listen, if I said right now, will you watch the Rams play football with me every week and have a beer, you'd have no problem every week, four hours doing that. Listen, and they're just gonna end up losing to the Packers anyways. You didn't think I wasn't gonna get one of those in, did you? Go, Pat, go. Dads, I need you to give me two hours once a month for the next four months. Two hours once a month through May. That's what I'm asking for so we can launch children's ministry. Please sign up. Shannon will be in touch with details. We'll get you on the team. All right, last, I'm gonna welcome up Ryan and Matt Larson as they come up to close us and take us into communion. And Matt's gonna share a story just of some stuff that God did in his life this week. And this is my hope. See, it's not just about Sunday mornings. I'm not trying to get you guys catalyzed just so you can serve on Sundays. My prayer and hope for us as a church as we go into this rent of the heavens and we pray for revival is that there be a fresh outpouring of God's spirit upon us for evangelism. And so I'm hoping that we have more and more stories like this. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> 